Hey everybody, welcome back. Uh, hopefully you guys got to see some great things in the keynote, some good conversation. Uh, we are back at VXPR Daily for day two. So how many people feel like it's day 22? Okay, good, it's not just me. That makes me feel much better. Uh, so I am Mike Letcher, I'm one of the principal technologists at Cohesity, but more importantly, uh, I have been a VXPR all except for the first year. So I think I'm at 11. Wow. I think it's 11 years now. Um, and we've been doing this, I think, for, well, 11 years. Um, so I started quite a few years back, and really we, we just want to get into a great conversation about what's going on at the show, what activities have happened, uh, announcements, keynotes, and pretty much anything we feel like chatting about for a few. So I brought a few of my friends up here um, that are also fellow V experts. Uh, I'm going to let them introduce themselves, and then we will dig into it. Start with you, Matt. Sir, good morning. Matt Langan. Manager of Information Systems with an automotive accessory manufacturer based out of central Pennsylvania. And automotive manufacturing. Automotive accessory Accessory manufacturer. Yes, sir. Can you not say the name? I'd rather not. Oh, okay. Is it aftermarket or is it OEM? Aftermarket, sir. Ooh, performance parts. I'm confused by him saying sir to you so much. <laughs> That's already confusing. Well, okay, very nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm Dee Abson. I'm an infrastructure architect for a company up in Canada called AFSC. We provide financial services for agribusiness. Okay. And Sean? Uh, I'm Sean Tuline. I'm a senior V-architect at Dell EMC. Okay. Well, thank you guys. Welcome. Um, make sure you guys with the sticks nice and close. Otherwise, they can't hear you. It gets chilled. Don't do that. Don't. Nobody wants to see that. So, normally I kind of do this chronological and we'll start and then we'll get into some tips on it. So, we'll start with yesterday. So we had this early yesterday, but then there were sessions throughout the day. Floor was open, events last night. Uh, let's, let's start with maybe some sessions or did you, well, I'll ask this first because it's always an interest. Did you go to any sessions yesterday? Yes, absolutely. How many did you go to? Three. Okay, so you probably went to more sessions than I will go to the entire time I'm here. Probably. Any sessions? I got to one yesterday. So you're, you're about where I'll probably, well, I have to give two, so I have to go to at least two. Yeah. Uh, one on the on the regular schedule, one that I'm not supposed to talk about. Oh, yeah. We'll try to talk about it. Yeah. I'll try to talk about it. We'll see if it happens. So, what three did you make it to? Uh, VSAN, uh, and there was also some new initiatives that they were trying to do with CICD development and PKS, and then uh, more robo deployments for VSAN. So, VSAN. A little bit of vSAN. vSAN square. A little more vSAN, uh, okay. PKS and CICD. Was yours a vSAN one too? Well, sort of, because I did the VCF session, so of course it's got vSAN layered underneath. Okay. So what did you think of the sessions you were at? Good, good content? Good. good content. Were they worth going to? Sessions are always worth going to, even if it's... That was a very political answer. <laughs> to, to go and just have the time at the end of the session to get your questions answered directly by the speaker. I always think that that's valuable. So that was the best part of it. Was that, and I think that's something we often talk about up here, that the value is not always in the presentation, but the being able to talk to those presenters for 10 minutes after the session. Or listen to the questions that are being asked by the fellow attendees, something you might not have thought of. Yeah, my session was actually at the end of the day, so it was 5.30 to 6.30. Oh, that's a rough time slot. It is a rough time slot. You're getting I angry. think Alistair put me on one of these for 5.30 on Wednesday. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
But um, I really appreciate that one, Alistair. The presenter even stayed like beyond the 6.30 mark to make sure that everyone's questions were answered. That's very nice of them, but that's yeah, cutting into I, drinking. That was a major problem really there. That, that the presenter will take as much time as they possibly can yeah. answer everyone's questions. If they're not running right to another appointment or another meeting or something else, most reason, will stick around. Absolutely. Yeah. So you, my session was uh, one about uh, validated designs and VCF, how they're kind of bringing them together. Were you in the and same session? No, mine was earlier in the day. Oh, yeah. Mine I think was the VCF deep dive. Oh, so yeah. he was smart enough to go to an early session. In the I did day. a shallow dive. Oh, yeah. That hurts. Be careful. It can. You have to know what you're getting into. But it was really useful to be able to, to focus on what's important to you. And even if it's not uh, something that you think, well, is this worth my time? Am I going to be able to go back later and just watch the video? Taking time out to, to actually sit down and focus, you know you can do it while you're here. So if you pick some sessions that you think a topic is really important to you, then I find it valuable to even just spend the time. And then, of course, being able to access the expert after and ask some more pointed questions, things like that. It's really useful. So I'm going to take a stab into that shallow pool mm -hmm. discussion. So hands down, the best exhibit that is anywhere near VMworld right now is not on the exhibit floor. Has anyone walked from here to Moscone West? Well, I mean, that's where the session was. Okay, so you've gone from here to Moscone West. Sure. Did you stop on the corner and go to the puppy therapy space? <laughs> no. There's puppy therapy. Did you, have you guys seen this yet? Mike, tell yeah. us you go play puppy therapy. You go play with puppies. You literally, they're little puppies. I took pictures. There's a whole space you play with puppies. Yeah. That talk about getting out of like this for a few minutes. <laughs> For I mean, sure. you get 10 minutes to just sit there and play with a puppy. Who doesn't yeah. love that? I mean, and they were considerate enough to have it outside where if you love puppies, but your allergies don't, you don't have to worry too much. Yeah, that's true. But you should go see the puppies. Unless you're should, everybody loves puppies. you're allergic to everything outdoors already. Oh, well, let's not go outdoors then. I'd be very happy if there was just a tunnel to connect us over to West as well. Next that, time. Okay, well, you suck then, because everybody else <laughs> loves puppies. Such Does a... anyone in the crowd not love puppies? Is anybody here a cat person? Oh, we got one. Uh, one hand. One hand. We'll talk later. It's harder to pet other people's cats, though, and walk away unscathed. This just really went we completely totally, totally off the rails. Off. Okay. Okay, we're going to bring this. I'm going to try to bring this back. So we'll go back to the... Let's talk on the exhibit floor. Solutions to change. Anything that jumped out at you guys? Have you walked around there? Had time to walk around? Yes. Uh, NVMe over Apple. NVMe over Fabric. Some of those... Uh, new vendors that are coming out to see where that storage space is going. Really, really neat technologies. That was not the answer I was expecting. Anything for you? Uh, I only got a glimpse during the welcome reception, so it was, you know, the zoo like it normally is. But there was an interesting vendor in uh, kind of around the periphery that had sort of a hardened little unit that you could take and put inside uh, EMS vehicles or other areas where your technology might be at risk and be able to bring sort of like a little mobile data center with you. It's this little orange metal encased box, like a little tiny DC in a box. So that was quite interesting. Okay. Sean? I, uh, I spent some time over in the, the VR and the AR labs at the, at the back of the VMware booth, uh, booth there. That was really, really kind of interesting. And they're, they're just starting to get into it, but they had um, some kind of demo set up that you, like, uh, say you had to replace components in a server or something like that. Um, they had set up the, uh, the augmented reality lenses, the Magic Leap ones, so that it superimposed the images 
as you were looking at the server. So it like highlighted like, hey, here's a fan, and it showed you like exactly where in the server it would go and how to orient it and drop it in place. I mean, it's, it's very rudimentary at this phase, but um, I see a lot of potential for this in the, um, you know, basically in manufacturing or in the service fields, like, Think, uh, think a managed uh, colo, okay? Mm. Where you're paying the colo provider to walk around, look for red lights, do disc swaps, stuff like that. Yeah. They could have these lenses on, which would like highlight the floor and tell them what cage they would need to go to, um, identify the disc that needs to be pulled and stuff like that, all using um, you know, the AR yeah. glasses there. And I could see real world potentials out of this demo. So I see a lot of reasons and things that could work for her. Here's my question. How does that relate to VMware? Well, where is it pulling the service data out? That's, that's where I was thinking. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's that uh, I, I wasn't trying to throw you on their bus on that question. I was, uh, seriously, I was like, that's awesome, but. No, I, it, and especially, yeah. you know, when we start Why? to see some of the demos today in the keynote about, you know, the machine learning and the intelligence platforms and how they're pulling in all the telemetry data from the various things and they're automating it. And the ones that we saw in the, in the keynote, they were automating like literally like changing settings to get your KPIs back up. Right. But one of them, you know, was like a threat intelligence thing. And one of the things that it did besides, you know, lock down the rogue process and everything like that was issue emails and Slack messages to the IT team to alert them on these things. So that, that platform could easily push this information out to uh, someone who would be running around the data center there. Okay, mm. so let's jump into this morning. Pretty busy keynote. Absolutely. So I, Sean said his hand hurts from writing notes. <laughs> too fast, typing too much. Oh yeah. Carpal tunnel on the thumbs. Photos. So maybe needs some puppy therapy. See, if you do that, it will help. It strengthens the hands too. More petting. Yes. So what jumped out at you in the demos? Any of you? Pick one. Oh geez, where to begin? Um, well, I said pick one. That's where we're going to begin. <laughs> well, like I was saying, that, that the. You know, some of the stuff that I saw was rather interesting. Um, that whole threat intelligence automation piece there. Um, so I don't want to make sure because so many of these things happen so fast. I want to get the right product in there. Um, there was an NSX intelligence platform um, that was monitoring the web traffic there, and it would then use Carbon Black as well to look at rogue processes. So the demo they had was all of a sudden they're seeing a spike in network traffic. And they looked and they figured out what servers were doing that using the network intelligence. Then Carbon Black was analyzing the servers to, and found a, uh, a rogue Tomcat process. And so it went through and it locked it down and it, you know, you could see the traffic, you know, subside there. And then again, it was issuing the tickets out you know, a Slack message to the IT team that says, hey, we've seen a suspicious process on here. So it's automating that stuff. Because if this happens at two in the morning, I mean, even if you have someone on call, you know, and a pager goes off, it's still an hour or so before your, someone your, gets your into on, Your own call team still has pagers? Pager duty is very popular these days. Huge deployment. Yeah. As we saw in the keynote from yesterday. Pagers. Uh, yeah, Gap was using PagerDuty as a, a huge platform. PagerDuty, yes. Yes. 
Pagers. I want to see him walk around with a pager. Ah, a physical pager. An actual oh, pager. Like, pagers the, pa the pagers. Still run on, yeah. A lot of them still run on satellite coverage. They have better range than cell phones. And they'll still be around. How many people in the audience have a pager? Anyone still have a pager? Do you even have a pager like in a drawer somewhere that you... A couple of you? Wow, you're old. He's, he's, are you a sysadmin? Yep. Yes. There you go. Yeah, and exactly. Healthcare, Healthcare yeah. especially. Do you still have to carry it? But somebody, somebody on your team does? Well, yeah. okay. who knew? I didn't. I wouldn't have guessed that, that anyone was still actually carrying a real pager. I was just giving him a hard time. Okay. That's, well, that threw I me for a loop there. I was, I was not, that was not what I was expecting. Mm -hmm. Anything in this morning's keynotes jumped out to you? Uh, well, along the lines of looking at some of, of what the um, carbon black technologies allow for, it was interesting seeing sort of that end user uh, anomaly protection. So fictional Alice, if you're actually out there, you're not alone. Other people click phishing emails too. Um, and having been someone, been in that situation where the security team shows up and says, we're taking your laptop, here's a loaner, like, what did I do? It'd be really nice in the future when the uh, Workspace ONE and Carbon Black Technologies work together to proactively deal with that, so I can hang on to my laptop, or at least it just disappears for a few moments rather than a week at a time. It's going to have a big impact on the end user space, especially where you've got uh, really um, keen security departments. Your turn. Real-time, cross-cloud provider vMotion. So that, that demo that, that was announced was really, really impressive. Using the, yeah. the one between AWS and Azure, yes. leveraging HCX. Correct. Yeah. I don't know if we've branded that as an organization of what, what we're calling that, of vMotion Plus, vMotion Enterprise, but it was a very impressive one. So then we went from a whole bunch of demos to a conversation. I thought the conversation was fun. She goes like, "She's a great interview. He just has that charisma to, to drive questions up." I think you could tell that he had a relationship. It felt like they had a relationship with them on it. So, what would you guys think? I mean, a lot of times you come here, you want to see the announcements, you want to see the tech of it. The personal interview side of things isn't always what people. Some people are really happy because you get to hear it. You hear the celebrity. You hear to talk about. It. Other people are like, "Great, that's not why I came here." Right. What'd you guys think? Which, which, which I mean, side of the fence they, do you land on? That they break it up with something like this here. I mean, we've, they've been doing it every year. Last year we had Malala up on stage. Um, this year, you know, Lindsey Vaughn and uh, Steve Young. Um, I mean, I, I'm from... No, 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 so you, don't, you don't get to go there. Gonna, Nobody, we're, we're moving on. That. We're going to leave it at that. <laughs> we already know your answer. Um, the, the banter was good. The jokes were funny. Um, it's, it's, you know, definitely clear that they had, like you were saying, they had a relationship before. Um, you know, they know how each other is going to relax with, or, sorry, react, which made the whole thing flow very smoothly. Mm -hmm. I mean, they asked them at, the, at one point what the definition of uh, HCI was, and they just blanked. Yeah. What'd you get? Which side of the fence? Good well, or bad? It was, it was nice to leave the keynote on a lighthearted note. Everyone walked out smiling. Um, personally, I miss sort of the more science-y, here's some, some technical innovation keynote speakers they've had before. Sports isn't really my bag necessarily, but uh, I do like that everyone got a good chuckle and, and it was a lighthearted approach to, to end the keynote with. I, was, I thought maybe with the pro athletes, we would have seen more information about the, some of the tech behind sports right. nowadays. Well, like, you're hoping to see skiing timers and stuff like, like that? Like maybe right talk here. about how it impacts their training or how, like, that, the, how the maybe. tech has changed the way that they approach 
the game, the sport, the what I, I thought there would be more of that. But they also have trainers for that, so let's get some of those trainers on stage and ask them how the team yeah. works. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that would have been good too, except yeah. would not, you rather see Lindsay or her trainer? Would you rather see Lindsay or her trainer? I don't want to answer that. Moving on. Both. At the same time. Have have both of them up on stage because they're going to have uh, to I'm going to go with Lindsay. Sorry, you, you, guys can, you guys can be political. I'm gonna, but, but to Dee's point, they're going to have two very different perspectives on the same thing. Yeah. And this way you can see both sides of it. I just thought it would have been nice to have a little more tie to something tech to it. It's you can still have it. With as much focus as there was from AI and ML today with yeah. gathering that data. Wait, yeah. was Lindsay an AI? Did I miss that? That wasn't actually Lindsay. Oh, yeah, that's what I thought. I was, yeah. It was weird, though, when they were like talking to each other and she, the clap it seemed weird. Right? Yeah, yeah, it was a little off. So, okay, so we'll, we'll move on from the keynote here. Now we've got, we're into day two. Yeah. You had some sessions you went to yesterday. You guys, do you have plans for some today? I'm show floor this afternoon. Solutions exchange. Are you, what's your approach? If you're going to tell people the approach, how to attack the show floor. It's a big floor. How do you, how do you go about it? What's your, your approach to how do you see as much and learn as much as you can? Start with existing vendors and work out from there. So you go to middle out? Yes. Oh, that's interesting. A lot of people do the opposite. A lot of people suggest doing the out-in. Yeah, like the grocery store. You're supposed to go the, around the edges where produce and all the natural foods are. And then if you want to, you wander into the center of the grocery store where all the processed food is. So same on the show floor. As soon as you get closer to the middle, there's a little bit more architecture and less actual tech. A lot brighter lights, too. Probably. So how do you approach... So you go in, you see these vendors. Obviously, you can walk, I mean, you can walk around all you want. How do you get information out of those vendors that you're looking for? Do you wait? Do you just kind of stand there and wait for somebody to come up and start pitching you? Do you go and approach somebody, ask questions? Yo, do you just work with the what the hell do you do? What specific use case? Approach them with a specific use case. What are you trying to accomplish? How can your particular feature set accomplish my business for you? Challenge them with that. Walk in, don't let them start with the sales pitch. You have a business application or you have a business need, how's the, how is your product going to help me accomplish that? That's where I start. Okay. And you start with the big vendors in the middle to do that. Okay. And then go out. So, so if you go into a vendor, do you go to vendors that you already use first? Yes. So that's and then ones that you're in your environment? Yes, in my environment. Okay. So do you often go see the competitors of the ones that are in your environment first? Yeah, if I'm not seeing the answers that I need to out of those particular incumbent vendors, absolutely. So they should be worried? Maybe. Good. Well, keep them on your toes. How about you guys? What, what do you got planned for the day? Uh, a couple of uh, meetings and lunches with various groups as far as... You have a couple uh, of lunches? Well, meetings and lunches. Oh, okay. Not a couple of lunches. But... Uh, I think there are a few sessions. I mean, honestly, right now I'm present in the moment and I'm here and I have to look at my schedule later. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. How about you, Sean? You got any sessions planned for today? Um, I'm going to actually try and attend a couple more of the breakout sessions today. Um, just a little bit more. I, want, I do want to do a VSAN deep dive um, on, on what the changes are, you know, in the last update that they've had. 673? Yeah. Um, just kind of the things that have changed a little bit in there. Um, 
I'm hoping to spend actually a little bit more time here, like in the square, uh, talking to people. I feel like I spent so much time walking around yesterday um, that I didn't get enough time to socialize um, and see what's going on in various people's lives. So I'm hoping to sit here, um, maybe work a little bit on a blog post. Um, sit here, let people come to you? Not necessarily come to me, but they're welcome to sit down next to me. Anybody doing any hands-on labs? Are you uh, planning any hands-on labs while you're here? For me, they're usually, uh, my approach is I know that a lot of the hands-on labs, if not most of them, will be available after. So if I find myself with a gap and I don't have somewhere else to go or people to talk to, then I'll consider going and sitting and taking hands-on labs. You also have to listen to your legs too, right? You do a lot of walking and the hands-on labs are a great way to, to take a moment and sit down and still get to absorb some of the technology. Give yourself a bit of a physical break. I'm hoping to get there either today or tomorrow. I do want to do the uh, VMware and AWS one just to refresh myself I think on it. For that, like that's one of those ones it's nice to be able to do because a lot of people don't have access to it outside of here. I mean, you might on after the yep. show, obviously, but it makes sense as hands-on lab. A lot of people don't have that in their lab or connections to it in their lab. You're shaking your head. You, you don't... Even as a 30-day resource or set yourself up with a trial, um, to have that ability on site, it's a great resource. And even if you get that trial, you've got to have that time to get into it out of your day job. Yeah. Where here you do have a little bit of time outside of your Plus standard Plus you can put job. your hand up and say help if you actually encounter a problem. Where if you're doing it later at home, you put your hand up and you're just sitting at your desk with your hand up. So tonight we've, there's a few events going on. I'm sure there's a couple, a company or two that you've talked to that may have an event. Plans for tonight that you care to share? The expert party, I think that's an obvious one. Yeah, the expert party. You looking forward to that? Yeah, of course. Yeah, some people Get are. Mingle people. with a lot of the other uh, V expert folks, and and so uh, I said I've been one for eleven years. How long have you each been a V expert? This is my second year. Yeah, uh, year number six. Year number five. Okay, so you, you guys have been doing a few times. Yeah. Pretty new for you. Yes, sir. Why? Uh, what made you decide to try to become a V expert? So I was involved with the community way back in 2007, 2008, um, and then left and did a career change. Worked in uh, steel production, oil field, natural gas services, and then made a career change again to come back to technology. And knew VMware was where I wanted to get back into because that's where my passion was when I left. And got introduced to the VXWare program and right back into it. What you, what, six years ago, why? What were you doing? That I was fortunate enough to attend my first VMworld. That was the uh, 2013 VMworld, the 10th anniversary one. And in the square of its day back then, it wasn't called the square, um, came across a booth about CloudCred and wondered what it was. So got involved with CloudCred, Cloud Credibility, which is sort of a gamification where it encourages you to go out and learn more about various VMware technologies and things, and you get points and what have you. And a bunch of the activities there were start a blog, get involved, and that led me to the VMware, or sorry, the VXPert path. I haven't looked back. I, I was on the social media team for EMC, running a, a sister program for EMC then. So once I left that role from professional is when I decided to join the other organizations. I didn't want there to be a crossover. Okay. And you have found value in the program? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. What, what's the biggest benefit you think of the program? Being able to have a large resource pool of connections professionally and personally to 
whatever problem that you would come across, whether it's on internal network resources or professional development, mm -hmm. the network to reach out to, right? yeah. those resources, that's by far the biggest. That's a good answer. I like that answer. Yeah, I bet you would. Biggest yeah. benefit. Likewise, it's about the community and having access to those resources, but beyond the experts themselves, you actually find that there's a few extra inroads to vendors. Some of the vendors are in the vExpert community, some of the uh, vendor representatives are vExperts. So being able to draw from those resources and have uh, conversations with folks that are a little less formally structured, you're not sitting in a boardroom somewhere, um, if you don't have the opportunity to come to VMworld, it's a way to keep up with everyone and reach out and maintain those connections over time. Sean? I find that there's like strength in numbers here. It, you know, the, there is a lot of people in the VXPR program now compared to years past, which means that there are a lot of knowledgeable resources out there uh, for you to learn from. Chances are there is someone in here who has done already uh, what you're looking to do. And I'm not saying like using it as, you know, your own alternative to opening up a trouble ticket, right. but more for, for personal growth development there's you know whether it's you know learning a new technology career help um, something like that it's, it's such a large community and you know a lot of people you, I feel like you get out of it what you put into it the more sure what you know community the more you are gonna get from it good good so I'm gonna open up so I have a tile for somebody who has a question for the panel none of you have a question seriously Nobody can come up with one question, or you just not want the tile. Steve has a question. What was the thing you saw this morning that was most exciting? Well, for me, this morning's keynote was more about okay. Yesterday, we saw all the recipe, or sorry, all of the ingredients. I spoiled it. All the ingredients being brought out, all the new announcements. And today, it was like that Pretty old accurate. Julia Child's cooking show. They pulled out some examples where here's the ready-made turkey. We took all the things that were announced on Monday, and here's what you can actually do with them. So that, to me, is always a really interesting way to see how all of the announcements converge and can potentially turn into a practical solution that people can get value from. I mean, did anybody notice that? VMware has a new CTO today. How about it? Yeah. 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 So Greg uh, is in there. Greg, Ray is going to go hand out, uh, uh, hand out, um, head up the, you know, the whole cloud development piece there. Mm -hmm. And now Greg is going to be in uh, as our new CTO. So he was up on stage, and and Pat came up modeling, uh, modeling the T-shirt there. Um, yeah. Tanzu T. Yeah, the Tanzu T-shirt. And then uh, introduced to Greg as, as VMware's new CTO. I'm assuming effective immediately. Uh, I think if they do it on a big stage like that, it's pretty set. It's yeah. probably yeah. I think it would be weird otherwise because yeah. if they decide not to now, it's awkward. There's video. Yeah. So right. so that was good because it, it shows you know growth and everything like that um, within the company, and that you can go from you know various roles within there and still be a part of the future of the company as well. Okay, to you. The evolution of where we're at now with ESX Sonar that was announced last year and now we're actually seeing it more in a production environment and where it's going to be used on the edge. Uh, again, more of that theme today that we saw of AI and ML and how all of these data points are now being turned into useful, actionable items. Yeah. 
I would agree on that. I think last year that was exciting to see them actually do something with it, I think, was mm -hmm. that the, you're seeing it kind of come to fruition yeah. is, is nice. It, was, it had a lot of potential to kind of do something with it. So I, yeah. I thought that was cool. And yeah. today I learned about Smartniks. Who knew that that was a thing? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think we're going to go ahead and, and wrap this up. So thank you all for coming. Thank you guys again for another great V Expert Daily up here. Um, and there's a whole lot more going on on the rest of the day up on the Brown Bag stage here. So stick around, see some other panels. And thank you all. Have a great rest of the show. See you tomorrow.